need a pep talk? Come hang with us weekly while we serve up realness with a side of sass and help you learn to love yourself in every shape, size, and season. I'm Becca. And I'm AMQ. And this is I Got You, Boo. Hello, hello. Hi. Ooh, that was a good one. Ooh, I got really high pitched. I had some tea before this, you know, made sure wow. my vocals were good. I didn't oh do do re, do re mi fa sola ti do. I could have done that though. That would have made it even better. Wow. Celine Dion, how are you? Uh, <laughs> great. Well, welcome back, Boo Crew. We are so excited with yet another level of badassery guest. AMQ, you want to tell us who we got this week? Yes. I mean, Honestly, just only want to introduce her as Rack and then just insert the appropriate song <laughs> for that. Rack City Bitch, Rack, Rack City Bitch. But um, we have, I, I want her to introduce herself. We'll let her introduce herself. But I'm just going to say that she, I just know her as Rack. That's all, that's all I really need to say on that topic. As per so many humans that I currently have in my life, I met Rack on this lovely social media platform that I just don't spend as much time on anymore, which is a good thing because the world is opening up back again. But Clubhouse had a really good time. It was like a nice spring 2021 vibe. <laughs> really enjoyed it during the winter and spring months. And we met because we have similar interests. And so we found ourselves in similar rooms, but she actually lives like very close to me. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, we met in real life and we were supposed to record slow motion video of it happening, but we were just too excited to see each other. So we failed on that front, <laughs> but we got to meet each other and we were part of this super awesome body confidence photo shoot. And I pretty much just spent my entire time just hanging out with Rack <laughs> between getting photos taken of me. So that was really, really awesome. And Becca and I have just connected with her on socials because of how she sh shows up on social and how real and raw she is. And we just knew we wanted her on the pod. And then she had a little ramble um, a couple weeks back on her stories about just some stuff about TikTok and diet culture. And we were like, that stuff, that one, let's talk we were like, about it. Give me more of that. We're all yeah, racking it up. Let's go. Come on. You're coming Actually, on. Actually, that could that could be really dirty if you just called it like raw racking because she's raw. Oh my. Rack. Like, you trying to raw rack it? <laughs> Never heard that saying in my life. Did you just make that just up? Just make it up. Saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. no, I just made it up. Okay. Usually it's raw dogging, but that's severely inappropriate. Mm. So mm -hmm. I just said raw racking. Okay. okay. Anyway. Welcome to it. We're so, I'm so excited to talk to you. I feel like we're kind of spirit animals. And if only the borders were open sooner, I would have been able to join you guys on the beach. But maybe for the next one, hopefully, fingers crossed, that would happen. So welcome to it. We're so excited to talk with you. How are you today? Like, what's the vibe? I'm good. Vibe I'm check. Good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is so fun. I have been waiting to meet you. I mean, Becca in on Zoom like we are right now, but um, AMQ, it was so nice meeting you a few weeks ago. I am Raquel Bonita. I'm 22 and I live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, I met AMQ, like you said, on Clubhouse because we're both into body image and eating disorder recovery, which we'll get into a little later. But pretty much I'm a holistic nutritionist as of tomorrow, which is very exciting. Wow. 
I know. Crazy. Today was like my second last day of class. So tomorrow I'm officially a holistic nutritionist. <gasps> so cool. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I have a presence on Instagram to showcase what it's like to be a woman in society with a not so quote unquote normal body and how I navigate that and how I make other women and men feel or people in general feel comfortable with their bodies and just to not have to feel pressure or feel shitty about having to be part of society's norms. I love it. I am so excited to just go all the way in on all of the things. Would you rather is up first. So would you rather fall into a pit of tarantulas or a volcano? Gotta pick oh, one. shit. I would say tarantulas because you're going to survive that. Okay. Is but lava I, always hot? I think. Yes. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll take a volcano if it's dried. You know, they dry. No, but no, the lava is not, you can't, that is not <laughs> proper science. You can, but if it's not active. A, no, no, AMQ. Like, yes, like if you go to places where there's volcanoes right now and they're not active, it's just like dried up rock. So I would love to fall into that and then just climb right out. But if it's alive or if it's live or whatever, I'm picking tarantulas. That yeah. makes sense. But like if I was guaranteed to get hurt, I'd probably rather like melt it out, you know? Yeah, I'd rather melt it out than be eaten up by tarantulas. Wow, that question just completely. So so now you gave it like a second part. Like, okay, but if you weren't going to survive, how would you want to go? This is like Final Destination vibes. Like yeah. mm -hmm. if you had to pick a way to go. <laughs> it's okay. definitely yep. not by right. tarantulas. Yeah, just melt no. me. Like I just, That would be too long. That would take forever. You know? It seems really slow and really painful, and I'm just not, it doesn't sound like a good vibe. No. Okay, no. random question alert. What's the first thing you put on when you get out of the shower? Oh, deodorant? Okay, article of clothing, <laughs> but good call on deodorant. <laughs> um, I put on underwear. Underwear, okay, normal, great. AMQ, tell me it sucks. No, I never wear socks. I never wear socks. I don't wear socks. I never, I got those cushions, cloud slide slippers so that I could not wear socks. Like... <laughs> I don't usually put on underwear after my shower, to be honest. Usually I like... AMQ just free pusses She's it. She's raw dogging usually, it. No, usually I'll... No. <laughs> usually I'll put on like really, really loose pants because I'll be most... More than likely, I'll be blow drying my hair and then curling it after. And so I'm like, I'm not going to sit here in like underwear. I just want to be like comfortable, but I don't put anything on top. Cause I'm going to get hot cause I'm blow drying and curling my hair. So I just wear like comfy sweatpants and I just boobs out, chi chis up and out. And then I just curl my Sometimes hair. Sometimes you just got to air it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just let them, let them be. Andrew's always like, Oh, hello. <laughs> I bet, I bet you he is. I bet you he is. Fantastic. Great. Now that we all know each other, let's dive in. Shall we? <laughs> See, it's, oh a great, it's a great segue. You really get to know somebody. I was listening to, I forget, of course, I forget the name of the podcast right now. It was two guys talking and they were like, what's the first thing that you put on after the shower? And his friend said socks. And he was like, bro, what? <laughs> Don't he's they like, get wet? He's like, yeah, I put on my socks first. Like, no, man, it's underwear. Like you put on underwear first. He's like, nah, dude, I put on socks before my underwear. And they had like a whole debate about it. So I was like, let me ask if this is like a thing. So what do you put on, Becca? Underwear. Oh yeah, underwear. 
Wow. It's not yeah. I like never put underwear on out of the shower. Like never, ever. If it's like a pre-bed shower, then I'm not putting underwear on. But if it's like a every other moment of the day shower, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Great. guess I'm not really ever in a rush when I take a shower to go anywhere. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. You you work from home life. <laughs> you already gave us a little bit of information as to who you are. But who is Raquel? Tell us a little bit about you, boo. A little more. Give us a little more. I am just all about like living my best life. I feel like I'm so young, but also like life is really going by quick these days. And there's so much good life to live. And I used to be somebody who stressed about every little thing, whether it was like fitness and food and friends and just like a million things. Now I'm like, I mean, COVID has taught me a lot, which is when I also like switched my platform from like health and fitness to body image and health still. But, um, yeah, I definitely have just become like a more free spirited, fun, positive person. And I don't know what else I am. I don't know. I'm just always down for a good time. Always down to meet new people as we are sitting here. And yeah, that's pretty much all. What's your Zodiac sign? This is not on the list, but just out of curiosity. (laughs) I'm a Leo. Oh yeah, you are. Mm. My birthday is a month today. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much fun stuff to celebrate. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense that you're a Leo. That makes so much sense. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you mentioned you literally gave us the news before we could celebrate it, but whatever. So you're so so close to being a holistic nutritionist. I knew you were super close. I didn't know it was a tomorrow thing. So by the time this podcast airs, you will be an official holistic nutritionist. Class and snaps. We need an audio clip for that. We really need to work on that. (laughs) Um, Was there a specific event in your life that encouraged you to pursue this career path? Yeah. So when I was in grade 12, I was, so for my whole life, I was an overweight kid and I always struggled with food and body image. And then once grade 12 came, I just like hit a breaking point and needed to find health and fitness and just like change my lifestyle. So I went to a nutritionist and I started losing weight and feeling better. That sort of trickled into my eating disorder, unfortunately, but you know, everything happens for a reason. So we wouldn't be talking today if I didn't go through that. I really, other than like the restrictive parts of it, I really did love what she was teaching me. I was learning a lot about like how to fuel your body and what things pair well with other things and how everyone needs a different approach. But she was a regular nutritionist. And then I started looking into holistic nutrition and noticed how it was just like a overall health transformation. And like you take you take everyone as an individual, which is how health should be. And you take their whole life from like the time they were an infant till now. And you just like do an overall health examination and it's more like a natural approach, which I love. So yeah, I would say when I started to get into health, that sort of motivated me to, to figure it out. And then as I sort of went through eating sort of recovery and struggled with gut issues and all of that stuff, it was like, I think this is meant for me to do. That's amazing. Love that. Yes. I, when um, we were talking about like what you do and like who you is, I was like, what the hell is holistic nutritionist? Now, when I, with, with my journey with food, I mean, uh, dino nuggets are a staple. So I don't know if you would recommend that or not, but um, can you tell us what is holistic nutrition? Like what's the, I guess the difference? Yeah. So it's just a more natural approach to health. I personally have found that whenever I've gone to dietitians, nutritionists, or anybody like that, they only really focus on 
exercise and digestion and food versus like your entire life of what supplements are you on and are you sleeping enough? Are you stressed? You know, what, what products do you use? Are you on your phone all the time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and obviously food and fitness is super important, but other things take into account, you know, for example, when I went to my nutritionist, I was drinking diet Coke every day. I was chewing an immense amount of gum and like that was just fine because those foods are zero calories versus a holistic nutritionist would probably say we should get those out of our diet because a, they're super unhealthy and gum, for example, causes a lot of like digestive upset because you're swallowing air. So I think it's just a more overall health picture versus just like weight loss or weight gain or things like that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It seems like a more comprehensive look at nutrition instead of just like what you're putting in your body. We need more of that. We can get into that later, but that's amazing. Good for you. Damn. I think we need more of it because I remember when I was losing weight, my friends would say, how do you do it? How do you do it? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I do A, B, and C, but like I was eating very healthy and exercising every day, but I was like, well, I drink Diet Coke when I have a craving and I drink, I chew gum so I don't eat snacks. And very eating disorder mentality, trigger warning. But, um, yeah, you know, like as a person now, a holistic nutritionist, I would never tell, tell someone to do that. And I've been diet Coke free for almost eight months now. So, you know, we're making, wow. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's amazing. I can't remember the last time I chewed gum, but you just talking about that. I mean, I think it's because of like being at home, right? Like I, I don't know. I don't, chew gum at home. Yeah. I, I usually would like chew gum knowing I was going to like see someone in case my breath stung. But if I really think about the times that I chewed gum, like on a regular basis, you totally just sparked something in my brain because you're so right. Like I totally chewed gum instead of yeah. eating. That was a trick I learned. I learned that when I was at the same thing, I was seeing a nutritionist. They were like, well, if you get hungry, just chew gum or, or the other trick was like brush your teeth. After I brush my teeth, I can still eat food, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, it never works. It might taste a little minty, but like, no, whatever. Yeah, no. never works. It's like, drink water. You're like, I mean, yes, water is great. Be hydrated. But like, it's not the same no. as eating something. But it's true. I didn't even really make that connection actually until like right now. Cause I just thought about like all the times that I was just like incessant. Like I always had like Costco sized like gum packs in my car with me, but that was like when I was in the thick of it. Into the thick of it, into the thick of it, into the thick of it. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Oh my God. Okay. All right. So We love, 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 love. This is actually one of the first things I ever noticed about your Instagram presence, but we love how you share your hashtag angles and that you hashtag it and it's your thing on Instagram. Um, We're really big about highlighting the real Becca and I, so we appreciate you for it. And we wanted to know what prompted that movement. Yeah. So for everyone listening, if you don't follow me, Um, every morning it's like my morning routine, like people journal, people have their matcha. Like I can't do that stuff. I'm not like woo woo like that. So I need to do something else. So I put on a workout set and, or an outfit and I like take a selfie in the mirror. And then, so that was how I started. I would just do like a front selfie because you know, a lot of people look good from the front. You find the good light. You could pop your butt back and have thigh gap and you can have oblique lines. And that's how it started before I 
like wanted to be body positive. And I would always get comments like, Whoa, look at your abs and Whoa. Oh my God, you look so fit. And I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of lying to everyone. Cause like, if they only saw the other angles, I have back fat and I have cellulite and I'm not ashamed of those things. It's just what's on my body. So I started doing an angle. So I would do one from the front and then I would turn to the side and do one from the side. And I think it's just about transparency for me. Like I am not one to face tune or use filters or things like that. No shame if you do, but I personally just don't like them. So I was like, I should just show what I have on my body. And if that could make one person feel more comfortable about looking in the mirror and, you know, like we all do it, we all pass a mirror and check ourselves out. And it's like a habit if someone looks at themselves in a sports bra or in an outfit and they feel really shitty, I want them to remember, like we all have our angles and we all feel good at certain times and worse at other times. So it's just an angle. It's just an angle. Write that down, put it on your mirror so that you can look at that too. I love that. That's such a good way of, you know, just setting your mindset for the day. And we all like, even those on those bad body image days that we all have, because it's inevitable, you can be the most confident person in the world and you still have them, but it's just an angle. That's a good little mantra to keep in your (laughs) toolbox there, boo crew, write that shit down. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. You also share very candidly about your past battles with orthorexia. And how did you know, I guess that like something just wasn't right. And what were some steps that you took towards your recovery? It was when I was in first year. So like I said earlier, my weight loss journey started in grade 12 and then I moved to university in first year and all hell broke loose because it was like everything in my life felt like it was changing. I moved away from home and I'm a homebody. So that was hard. And then I went to a new school and then I was also in this health journey and it was very restrictive and isolating. So um, I didn't know I had an eating disorder. I just knew that I was newly anxious and a little bit depressed. And I blamed it on going to university. And then every weekend I would come home and I would just like not be the same person. And then one week I came home and I just started bawling my eyes out because I was so like irritable. And it was like that one little button press, you know, that time in your life. So my parents were like, hi. And I just started crying. And my mom knew what was wrong, I think. And she was like, we should go see a therapist. And I was like, no therapies for the week. And then she was like, uh, it's not. So I started going to a therapist and it was the best thing of my entire life to this day. I still see her. Um, and she specializes in eating disorders. And I, even when I went to her, I still didn't know. And then she told me, she was like, so there's this thing called orthorexia and I think you have it. And I was like, I do not have an eating disorder. And she was like, no, it's not like a taboo thing anymore. Like it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like you are, it's not like, cause I think all we see in the media is anorexia and bulimia, and we don't see any other types of eating disorders. I never, ever heard of orthorexia no. until she said that. I was like, ortho what? And she's like, yeah, it's like an addiction to eating healthy food and being scared of foods and looking at nutrition labels and being very obsessive. And I was like, yeah, that's literally what I have. So the road to recovery started after that. And I slowly incorporated things into my life. And I still am slowly like incorporating things. And I still have fear foods and my moments, but yeah, it's been amazing ever since then. Wow. I love that. Um, you said it was your mom who said, no, like it's not therapy is not for the weak. I tell everybody that I think the world would be a better place if everybody went to a therapist because somebody outside your circle that you can just navigate life with is just helpful and has a 
crazy domino effect in how the trajectory of your life. So, wow, that's amazing. That's so impactful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I've literally told, like I've, I've turned three of my friends onto therapy and they're like, Oh my God, this is life changing. I think again, like there's still that taboo in society where like, you must be nuts or you must have a mental health issue if you go to therapy. And I'm like, no, it's literally like speaking to a friend, except you pay the friend and they don't nothing about you. They don't have a bias because like my parents would say to not my parents, my dad would say to me, he's very traditional and I respect it, but he would say like, why can't you just talk to me? And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. <laughs> like sometimes I want to talk to her about you, you know? Yeah. So, and I respect it. You know, I respect that people want to be that confidant for their family or friends, but it just, it doesn't work out sometimes when there's these serious topics that a, they're not educated on and B like, you just want to talk to someone candidly and not feel bad for talking about this person or, you know, telling your deepest darkest secrets. Like normalized therapy. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like we're out here trying to normalize <laughs> yes. normal bodies, but also normalize therapy because something I realized when I, I call her my lady and when Andrew and I started dating, <laughs> I have this vivid memory of being like, sorry, like he, I don't know, made plans for us or something. And I was like, sorry, like I can't, I can't go to that. Like I'm seeing my lady and he, he thought that I was like bailing on plans to go get my nails done. Like he assumed my lady was my nail lady. And I had to explain it like later on, like it came into effect that I had a therapist. And I remember thinking like when I really got into it and I finally got over myself and, you know, we all think that, you know, it means you're broken, which I was. Hi, we all are. And I realized how preventative it can be. Like imagine if people just went to therapy, like just went to therapy just because like they go grocery shopping every week. You know what I mean? Like, and you didn't wait for something to be not right to go to therapy. Then how preventative it's just like yeah. when you're, when you're talking to people about preventative medicine and things like that, right? So much can be solved with movement and mindfulness and the foods you eat. Right. So it's, it really is true that if we could just normalize therapy, that'd be amazing. And the other thing is I wanted to say, cause you mentioned fear foods, which is something I honestly put in this like little container in my brain and I like compartmentalize it away. I try and forget that I have fear foods and that that even exists as a thing. But you just like always remind me because you're always on your stories talking about it. I'm grateful for it. There's a lot of things <laughs> that I watch and I'm like, oh, like it's activating me again. But I have to give you kudos because you've been sharing a lot about eating cheese. And I know for a fact that that is a fear food for you. And I'm like, that shit's empowering because if somebody has been watching you for, I don't know, a month even, they would know that one of your fear foods is cheese. And you're like, I'm fucking just doing it. You know, like I'm not going to worry yeah. about how many calories this pack of cheese has. And something as simple as an everyday you sharing what you're eating. And it's not like that bullshit, what I eat in a day, <laughs> which we'll get to. And it's you just being like, I ate some fucking cheese and I feel not so great, but you know what? I ate the cheese. Okay. The cheese didn't win. I did. That's the kind of stuff that's like super empowering because it's so relatable and so simple and you're not attaching anything else to it except for just the simple fact that you ate the cheese. So I had, I just had to give you kudos for that because as someone who has fear foods myself, I know how hard that can be for sure. Yeah, definitely hard. Cheese is like my thing. Like ever, ever since I was a kid, I'm pretty sure I was born eating cheese out of the womb. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. 
I don't know what it is. There's like, it's fantastic. It's the best food in the whole world. There's like lactose running through my veins. And (laughs) I, I struggle because I'm like, before I went through that weight loss journey, I was like addicted to cheese. And then that was the one, not the one thing. That was one of the things that I cut out cold Turkey for four years. I was like, cheese is the devil. Yeah. Crazy. So then when I started incorporating it again, as one of my fear foods that I had to get over, I was like, whoa, this is so liberating. I can eat my favorite food again. So now I eat it and I'm a little bit lactose. So that's what AMQ is talking about. Like I'll come on my story and be like, holy shit, my stomach's killing, but you know, it's worth it because it's cheese. So I'm happy about that too. Yeah, that was, that, that always makes me, it makes me smile. I'm also lactose intolerant, which is why I decided to go vegan. Cause I was like, clearly you're not as lactose intolerant as I am because like I could not it wasn't a thing. It wasn't an option. So there was yeah. no medicine that was helping me in that regard. <laughs> so I know that I just mentioned the what you eat in a day because that's a big trend on the socials, which I despise. But I really wanted to ask you, and Becca and I have been going back and forth. She, she's on TikTok all the time and I'm not. Like, I'm not a TikToker. So she'll always be telling me about like the new trends and I feel like I'm 85. Like, she'll be like, did you see the thing? I'm like, no. I never see the thing. I'm not on TikTok. But do you feel like diet culture is taking over TikTok? Yes and no. It depends what what FYP you're on, which is the For You page. So like everybody's For You page is curated for them, what they watch, what they like, what they comment on. So mine versus Becca's could be so different. I know that I'm obviously very into health and nutrition and eating disorder awareness. So automatically I watch and like videos that have to do with food and health and whatever. And at one point during quarantine, I was on keto TikTok, which was holy shit. So fucking annoying. Whoa! It was crazy. It was nuts. It was literally just people one after the other eating bell peppers with cream cheese and everything with the bagel seasoning. (gasps) And I wanted to chop my head off. Like it was insane. Mm -hmm. It all started with this keto nurse, her name, I forget her name right now. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No hard feelings against her. Like you go girl. But it was just like every, everyone in their mother was eating bell peppers and cream cheese. Like it was the only food in the grocery store. <laughs> so it's like things like that. That's not even an unhealthy or healthy food. It's just like food. It becomes this trend because it's keto and then keto leads to weight loss and And, you know, instead of dipping your crackers or your bagel with cream cheese, you're going to have bell pepper because it's a vegetable. It's just like everyone follows this train of like whatever can get you to weight loss the fastest. And that's what bothers me. It's like even people who were not dairy fans were eating cream cheese. And I'm like, oh, God, God help me, you know? You know, sometimes it's fine. I'm off of keto TikTok now because I would literally like report the videos. Like you could like say I'm not interested. So I would, I would, every video I was like, not interested, not interested, not interested. And then I got onto better TikTok. But yeah, recently I've been on the, what I, what I, what I eat in a day videos. And I'm just like, it's like God is watching over me knowing that I hate these things. I can't stand what I eat in a day videos because nobody needs to know what you eat. The only reason why people ask this is what I've realized. It's either people who are in larger bodies and people are curious as to how many calories they eat in a day to like make fun of them or mock them. Or it's people who are in very small bodies and they're like, how do I get abs like you do? I have to eat everything you eat. If you look in both of those comment sections, it's like, what do you eat? What do you eat? And then a week later, they're like, you've all been asking, here's my what I eat in a day video. And I'm like, 
we don't care. I, I mean, I don't care. So, and then they're like super restrictive and it's annoying. And then the person will write on the video, like just for my body, just for recipe. Like, I don't even know what. It's like sticking a Band-Aid on it yeah. to cover their asses for what they just posted. Exactly. Where if you feel the need to do that, you probably shouldn't be posting it right. at all. If it yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is just for inspiration. I'm like, inspiration for 10-year-olds who are going to tell their moms to go buy oatmeal because you eat oatmeal. Like, it's just, it's it really bothers me. And I just know that it creates a toxic culture. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm not a fan, but it's fine. People can keep doing it because I'll just won't watch them. Exactly. And if you moved your body the same as this person moved their body and you ate the same as this person, like you said, being a holistic nutritionist, you know more than anyone that environmental factors have something to do with it. How you grew up, what you used to eat once upon a time, what you grew up eating, like all those things, your sleep, your cortisol level, all those things, genetics, like it doesn't matter. All three of us know this because we make it a point to move our bodies. But even, I'm totally guilty of this, so I've talked about this a million and two times, but even being like, okay, well, um, back in the two years ago, two summers ago, which I reference a lot, two summers ago when I felt like I looked my best, whatever the fuck that means, what was I doing then? And it's like, okay, would I want to be doing that that, that now? like maybe some stuff, maybe not some stuff. Like some, some of it was like going down the rickety road of potentially relapsing. But even if I did all those things now, I am two years older. I survived a pandemic. My hormones have changed. I'm no longer on birth control. Like there's so many different things, right? And so even comparing yourself and the way that you eat, the way that you move to like an old you is just as bad as comparing yourself to somebody else, right? It's like, you're a different yeah. person. Andrew likes to say that we're all different. What does he say? By the, by the time, like, you know, a couple of months goes by, you're a completely new person because you have all new cells. He's always reminding me of that. That's so, so cute. Oh, Andrew. Such a science nerd. Oh, Andrew. My students are on TikTok constantly. They're 10 years old. And I can't tell you how many times I've caught my some of my girls ordering the salad for lunch because... Again, what comes with it? Oh, I saw somebody on TikTok using this for in replacement of croutons. Like that's happened before in the classroom and I just shut that shit down real quick. Ugh. But the fact that these little girls, you know, imagine if they if they had people like how we show up on the internet. Our teens and adolescent years would look so different now. And then you get into the deep dive because TikTok, you never just watch one of those videos and then go and try it. <laughs> like you said, it's on your scroll. Yeah. You just keep going. And we have adult developed brains and we still get in the deep dive. So the younger underdeveloped brains get even more embedded in their subconscious with the stuff that they're yeah. seeing. Oh my gosh. When I'm so glad that you brought up the cream cheese and bell pepper. Cause I'm not gonna lie. I wanted <laughs> to try it after I saw it. And then I was like, wait, what the, f but I caught myself and I was like, no, this is the kind of shit that I would obsess over. And I would make a list I would like literally go on the internet, make a list of the things that I saw other people eating and then go and buy it because it worked for them. So it must work for me. Nah, absolutely. The fuck not. We're also seeing so many videos on there of people using two completely different humans in one with blonde hair and a larger body, one with blonde hair and a smaller body. And that morph transition effect on TikTok, oh. calling it a before and after. Have you seen those? Yep. I've seen it. Oh my God. What? Like they are, com they're not the same person. 
Every video is nuts on TikTok. Yeah. And this is the best part. They take down videos of people in larger bodies doing the exact same thing as somebody in a smaller body. Like I've tested it multiple times. I have worn a sports bra and biker shorts. And then like, you could see my thong a little bit. And then I would literally look up a girl wearing less clothing than I did. And my video got taken down for violating the, the rules or whatever. And then, or the community guidelines, cause we're all a community on TikTok, right. you know? Mm -hmm. And then she was allowed to stay up <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. I see you TikTok. Instagram's better in that regard. Mm-hmm. And I love what Pinterest is doing too. Like more of that, please. Yeah. Didn't they take down all, all body image, anything related to body image? I think that's incredible. And anything related to weight loss yes. workouts, like, um, get a six pack ad with these six moves and then like the 30 day challenge things, all of it's banned yeah, and taken which down. Which is incredible. Cause I was definitely the person who was like, how do I lose five pounds by tomorrow? What workout do I do to get six pack by next week? And it's just like, are you dumb? Man, that was my Google search. Mm -hmm. Like if only, you know what I mean? Like if only yeah. your Google search insert year here, you know, like I a hundred percent was that Crazy. girl. I can't yeah. believe Pinterest did that. That is mm -hmm. so huge. Like huge power move, power move to the max. They need to get way more coverage on that because that is such a big move. The 30 day fitness challenge, just those things alone, right? Like how many times have we seen those pop up? And it's like, you Google them and it directs you to Pinterest because it's all on Pinterest. I can't believe they did that. That's That was also like a huge undertaking for them to be scanning their oodles of things on their interwebs <laughs> and, and taking all that down. Like that was a mm -hmm. big, big yeah. undertaking. Huge, Crazy. huge. Yeah. Becca, like you were saying about how like the generation nowadays has like obviously toxic TikTok and Instagram, but then also has people like us who share more positive, inclusive and non-toxic things on Instagram. I think if like, that's the whole point of what we're doing is to shed light on the younger people, girls, boys, and everybody, because we want them to not turn out like we did. Not that we're bad or anything, but like, I didn't want an eating disorder. You know, I don't want to look no. in the mirror every day and hate my body. So if I can avoid that for my future children and like every other person's child, that would be incredible. And also like I did a talk a few months ago on zoom in a, in a health class of like a local Toronto school. Like I give them the whole like spiel and then they could ask me questions that I would answer. And so the teacher prepared the questions from the class and they sent it to me the night before. And they would literally, every single question was like a trend on TikTok. It was like, should I be vegan? What are the benefits of being vegan? What is keto? What is low carb? And like, it was just so sad because they were all 12 years old. And I was like, don't worry about being yep. vegan. Like if you have religious reasons or you love animals, you know, be vegan a hundred percent, go for it. But don't be vegan because you eat less calories or because you're only eating fruits and vegetables. Cause that's not healthy either. Like, I don't think these kids understand that you need to eat protein. You need to have complete sources of protein. And it's just like, it's the, a whole picture that they're just missing. And it's just so sad. Well, what a lovely segue. <laughs> <laughs> to our next one. Um, next question is how can we, or what can we do to challenge or change this in culture? And to piggyback off of what you just said, I did the puberty talk for, uh, our grade level this year and forget about vaginas and periods. They were concerned about the weight gain part. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
uh, so many questions where, how can I avoid gaining weight? Sweets, you can't. It's normal, and it's because your body is growing. Like, the, like trying to normalize that to a group of 110-year-old girls is what they just couldn't wrap their heads around. They were like, well, wait, what if I just, you know, I, I designed my plate to look like this. Like we completely took that out of the curriculum at this point, like how you, how you should plate your foods and all that and how to count calories on the bag that used to be on there. And then they would read them and go through them like the next day, like they used to teach it in the health class. It's out of the curriculum now. But like after that lesson, I always would like pick them up and they'd like go back to their lockers and get their snacks and read the labels. And I'm like, no, absolutely the fuck not. We're not doing it. No, No. we're not. I think health class is so outdated. I did a whole rant on this when I did that health talk, like I just said, and a bunch of teachers came for me and they were like, no, it's, we've changed it. We've changed it. And I'm like, I don't see any changes. And I was only in school how many years ago? And like, I know that literally the only important thing was sex ed. Like use a condom, don't have sex till you're whatever. And like, don't get STDs. And I'm like, okay, well I learned that. And that was great. And like, also my parents took that very seriously to teach me that as well. But I didn't learn shit about eating disorders, mental health. That's why I thought therapy was bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing, you know, nothing. Mm -hmm. And one of the teachers who came for me was explaining how she's making her students do this um, report about mental health. But they had to, like, research a mental health disorder, and that was it, and write a report. And I'm like, okay, but, like, writing about anxiety versus actually looking within yourself and being like, do I like, do I have these feelings? You know, like when you do something for school, you don't take it as seriously, especially as a 12 year old. I know I didn't. I was just like, I'm going to finish this assignment as quick as I can. So I can go watch family channel, you know, <laughs> like you don't care. <laughs> so I right, think it's, right. you don't, you got to just like, that's when you got to bring professional guest speakers into the school yes. and have them actually talk and listen. And not just like the teacher who's also the phys ed teacher. Who's also the math teacher, you know, mm-hmm. like we don't need that. <laughs> Yep. Yep. So aside from education in schools, what else do you think can be done that we can do to challenge this culturally? I mean, social media, it's like the best way to market anything these days. But again, like I just said, they have community guidelines and they purposely shadow ban accounts like ours. And, you know, Instagram's also changing. I don't know if you heard, they're changing it from a video, from a photo sharing app to a video sharing app. So all of us have really shitty engagement right now and it's frustrating, but I think also getting parents involved, but that's sort of like a school issue. Um, I think schools are like a huge place to portray these messages because think about children, like up until grade 12, kids spend most of their life at home and at school. And like, yeah, they go to extracurricular activities, but like that's for two hours a day or something. So, you know, we got to get the school and the home life on track. And then I think that would help a lot because even my parents had no idea what they were doing. They were the best parents ever. But in terms of like body image and food, they would say the classic triggering things that they thought Mm -hmm. were helpful. Like, how about we don't have dessert or just 10 more pounds or things like that. And I was like, holy shit, do you hear what you're saying? Like, you can't say that to a nine-year-old who doesn't fit into any clothing that her friends do and who goes to camp every summer, has to wear a one-piece because everyone's wearing a bikini. And, you know, like, it's a lot of shit to deal with. And it takes a toll on children and they are way more, like, vulnerable and their brains are like sponges and they remember everything. I remember everything from when I was a kid. So, I think we just got to, you know, work with parents a lot and I'm not discrediting parents. I always say like parenting is the hardest job in the world. I would never know, but until I am a mom, but like 
My parents did such good things. That's why I am like I am. But they also mess up because they're humans and there's no book on parenting. And I know that. So I'm not discrediting parents. I'm just saying we could all learn as humans. So yeah. I take this stuff very to heart. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I love And you're, you're so spot on in what you're saying. And essentially parents are only teaching us what they were yeah. taught by their parents because the mm-hmm. education and the normalizing and the social media world, none of this was there for them. They are only going off of what's been taught generationally for years and years and years. So we got to flip that script real quick. Um, I could not agree with you more. So I know we're taking little steps. We need to take bigger strides. 100%. Yes. And like, just, just us showing up, you're right. Just showing up. That's all you can do. Right. And then if you inspire other people who are watching you to even maybe show up to that way, who resonate with you, then I mean, that's what we call a movement, everyone. <laughs> so yeah. that's the point. Right. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's like getting with the program on a new level, you know, and that's what hopefully we're seeing more of. And that's, that's what we're all here to do. So I feel like you kind of already started talking about this, but this is one of me and Becca's favorite questions to ask our guests because I feel like everyone has similar answers, but they're also very different. So when did you first become aware of your body? Whoa. Um, Right? (laughs) Yeah. That's a hard one because it's like, I feel like I have lived two lives. Like the pre-grade 12 life and then the post-grade 12 life because grade 12 was just like that transition period in my life. So um, the first life, (laughs) probably when I started going to summer camp and because like, you know, when you go to school, you compare yourself to other people, but like you go home and then you get dressed and like, it's just you and your room, you know? And like, yeah, I would look at myself in the mirror, but not like care, I guess. But then when I went to camp, it was like, I was getting naked and getting dressed in front of these 14 other girls and we were showering in the same room and we all had to wear bathing suits at the same time. And I was like, Whoa, my body's different. My body's bigger. I have stretch marks. Whoa, I'm only nine years old. I have stretch marks, like things like that. So I think I became aware then, but obviously hated everything about my body. Mm-hmm. And then I became re aware of my body when I started gaining weight again during recovery I started to hate it again. I also started to love it though, because I was suffering from a lower back injury and I was like, damn, my body's actually really cool. Cause I, you know, I still have it, but like it's recovered a lot. And I'm like, bodies are so much more than just things that are fat or skinny or whatever, you know, like it's such an amazing thing. And then again, during quarantine, when I switched my account over to be more about my body, I like re became in love with it again. And it's not an everyday love. Trust me. I hate my body sometimes, but on the all in all, you know, it's a pretty positive outlook. So yeah, that's my long answer. (laughs) No, that's a great one. And so true. I think we go through, we have different moments where we become aware and we make a shift for either, you know, left or right. Yeah. That's, that's such a good point. I love how you said how, when you started changing your social media page, that's when it, but you became more aware of it too, because, and then you're just like, ah, you know what? I've already shown this here. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love this one too. So what advice would you give humans that are struggling with their bodies that are looking different in this season? Hashtag relatable AF. Oh my God. So relatable. I have gained weight during <laughs> quarantine and I was like, holy shit. And then I realized that the other 7 billion people also did. So, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> 
You know, actually, sorry, some of you got really fit in quarantine. Good for you. But I took the snack approach and, you know, my body was like, it seems like we're going into hibernation. I think we should start to eat. And I I agree, you know. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, I always say the same thing is to be patient. I think we are as humans, such a cause and effect breed where we do something, we want to see an immediate response, just like why we're all addicted to social media, because you can see such quick things like TikTok, switch videos as fast as you can. But with our bodies and our mindsets, it takes time, lots of time, lots of maturity. And so you're not just going to look in the mirror one day and start loving your body. Like you listen to this podcast, then tomorrow you wake up and you're like, Raquel says I should like my body. So maybe today I will. Like it takes a lot of time and a lot of practice. Hopefully that would be amazing. Oh yeah. If you can do that, please call me and let me know how. (laughs) I don't think that's possible. And then, yeah. So patience definitely. And just to realize, like I said earlier, that life is so much more than just like a vessel for weight loss or weight gain or weight maintenance or weight in general. Like you don't need to step on the scale every week, once a week and track your calories and, and worry about all these things. Like you are allowed to just live life and enjoy life and smile. And whether you feel shitty right now in your body, because we just went through a two year pandemic or you feel amazing in your body, like just live and be happy. We're, we're going to be with people again and life is getting good. And whether or not pandemic, like whether this was just another regular summer, like it's sunny outside and we're, we get to go hang out with our friends and there's so many good things. And that's what I've been realizing also. Like I could sit and dwell all day long about my body, my size, how my jeans don't fit me, blah, 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 blah. But like then tomorrow I just wasted a whole entire day and I'm back in the same predicament. So why not just enjoy? And if I I always also say that weight loss is okay. It's no, it's neither here nor there. It's just like a thing. So if you have goals and if you want to lose weight or if you want to gain weight and you're, you're at the opposite end of the scale, like that's totally okay. There's no shame in that, but like embrace your body as you're going through all these stages. What great advice. Yeah. Such great advice. (laughs) I just think like, I know, I know a lot of people are now pushing back on the body positivity movement because a lot of people are so against weight loss or against health. Well, so to say, like they say like, Oh, you guys just sit on the couch all day and eat food. And I'm like, well, maybe some people did that, but I don't. So, you know, like I'm not against weight loss and against health. I'm a a holistic nutritionist for God damn it. But (laughs) Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Right? For, I don't Come even on. know if that makes sense, but like, I obviously love health and fitness and being healthy, but I also enjoy having a good mental state. And for me, that's accepting my body. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. You said it. She's like the seg- segue queen over here. Yeah. I was going to say, you said it, you already <laughs> said it. So you went like, you know what? You didn't, you didn't even go off. And I don't know if I would have been able to handle this situation with the grace that you did, but Rack had someone like basic, uh, not basically, uh, 112% say that she was promoting obesity by just like existing. And somebody, somebody commented that. And so I was like, I have to ask her. So what would you say to someone who says that advocating for body acceptance is actually promoting obesity? Yeah. Without calling them a dumbass. Literally. Yeah, right? I'm like, you fucking idiot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Listen. Except I didn't do that. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, so graceful. I would not have done that. Good for you. I know. You know what? I've learned that 
A, you got to be very careful with what you say on social media because it always comes back to get you. And I'm not planning on ever getting canceled. You know, somebody in 10 years from now is going to try and cancel me and I'm going to be like, there's no receipts. So fuck off, you know? (laughs) So, you know, I told the person, yeah, so I'll give you a backstory. So I don't know. It was a few days ago. I got a DM from this girl and she was like, Hey, I don't mean to be rude, but you're obese. Yeah. Automatically. No, automatically. No. (laughs) I'm like, okay, you cannot go up to someone on the street and be like, I don't mean to be rude, but you're ugly. Like, no, that is just rude. Right. So anyways, she's like, I don't mean to be rude, but you're obese. You're promoting obesity. Your BMI is very high. You eat three times the amount that you should be. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh, Okay. You want to get into this? I'll get into this. So anyways, all I wrote back to her was like, thank you for the sweet message. Feel free to unfollow me. But, um, listen, (laughs) that really grinds their gears more than me, like writing a whole paragraph. Totally. Kill them with kindness. Oh, and then I blocked her because she doesn't deserve to see my content anymore. Anyways. So, um, what do I think about that? I think that it's incredibly rude and inhumane to do that to somebody. First of all, like who give, what gives you the right to say rude things to people? If you don't like somebody, that is my, this is my biggest pet peeve. Social media was created to follow and unfollow people. You're allowed to follow zero people. You're allowed to follow a million people. So why would you spend the time like following people that you don't like, sending them rude messages when you can simply just unfollow? It saves you the hassle. It saves me the heartbreak. That's it. It's so simple. And I saw the best thing on social media. I'll get to the question in a bit. This is like a lot of pent up anger, you know? I saw the best. (laughs) Go for it. I saw the best thing on social media a few months ago, which was like, um, my page is my living room in my home. And when you choose to follow it, you choose to join the living room. And when like, I have a conversation going, which is obviously my content. And if you come into my living room, you're choosing to join the conversation, not change it, not hate on it. You can give me your opinion, but if you don't like it, you can leave. And that's my favorite thing because it's so true. It's the best metaphor or analogy, whatever. Like if you don't want to join my conversation, leave. If you hate body acceptance, if you don't want to see my cellulite, if you don't like talking about periods, if you don't like A, B, and C that I like, leave. There's a million other people who talk about weight loss, who have six packs, who are into travel. There's everybody's on social media. So go find what you like and leave me alone. So that's all I'm going to say. But anyways, I don't think body <laughs> yes, queen. I don't think body um acceptance promotes obesity because I'm not saying you need to get to my weight. I'm not saying you need to continue getting larger or smaller or whatever. I'm just saying at the place you are right now, just accept your body. Try your best to accept it rather than wasting your energy hating it. And I'm not saying you have to love it, just accept it. It's a very different word. Positive body positive versus body accepting. And so I don't think it's advocating for obesity, especially my account. This was the part that really annoyed me was that if you followed me and I know she did because in the past she sent me messages with nice messages, which was very confusing. But, um, if you've been following me, you know, that I promote a very balanced lifestyle. I am a holistic nutritionist. I work out all the time. I also vacation and eat lots of food and you know, drink alcohol and eat cheese and enjoy my life. And so it's just very confusing when someone says you're promoting obesity, when my BMI also means nothing to you, by the way, like BMI is the most stupid calculation that's outdated. So that should mean nothing to you. And who cares if I eat three times the amount of food that I'm supposed to, that's my 
prerogative in life, then let it be. You don't have to do that. And I never, ever on purpose, I never do what I eat in a day videos. I never give portion sizes. I never say we should all be eating chickens with salad for, for lunch. I never do that stuff because again, we're all individuals and I don't know anything about anybody who follows me or enough to give you nutrition advice. So those things just strike a chord with me because I, I just don't know where those come from. And if you have a problem with the body positive movement, then you can nicely have a conversation with someone, which I've had with my family and my friends, because sometimes they're confused as to, am I promoting obesity? And I've answered the question, you know, like, yes, some people I have seen accounts that I personally don't agree with, and that's fine. I just don't have to follow them. But I've also seen people promoting eating disorders on the other end of the scale. I see what I eat in a day videos and they only eat a veggie Mm. burger and a smoothie. And I'm like, to me, for me, and I, a lot of people, that's an eating disorder. So, you know, you can find obesity or you can find eating disorders and on both ends of the spectrum. So, yeah, I think my rant's over and pretty much people just shouldn't message people rude things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Uh, piggybacking on your analogy with the uh, being your home, it's so true. And when people message you that, it's like you're going to kick over a pot right. plant and rip stuff off the wall on your way out the door. Like you're not going to go and destroy someone's home when you leave. So there's no reason to leave a message or there's no reason to announce, you know, for the world. Like, hey, I am unfollowing you or I am leaving. Because, right. Okay, let's not cause a scene. Just walk out the door. Like, just leave. Exactly. Just walk out. Everything. You will be okay, sweetie. I don't know who shot in your coffee this morning, but it wasn't me. And so, you know, just keep <laughs> <kinda> moving. <laughs> Yeah, get the sand out of your vagina because you're clearly irritated and just keep going. <laughs> you're so right. No, nothing's more irritating than a I sandy bag. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. oh. What is one word that you would use to describe your current relationship with your body? Oh. I love the pause every time before this one. It's such a good one. <laughs> oh my God, that's hard. It is. It doesn't have, it can just be one of many. Just like... How you feeling? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would like to say good, but that's just like a classic word. Um, <laughs> like, it's not a word. It's not an adjective that goes well with this, but I would say like persevering because I think every day, I know it doesn't, it's not like I'm persevering with my body, but every day I am persevering to like get to a certain place, whether it's a goal or mindset with my body. And like a few days ago, I saw a new stretch mark and I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, it's actually okay. Like it will be fine. Or I wore a dress last week and I was chafing and then I had a rash and I was like, you're so fat. And I was like, no, don't say that. You're not, you know, it's okay. It's just chafing. Everyone, a lot of people chafe. I think every day it's like a little bit, a a few steps forward, one step back, a few steps forward, you know? So yeah, I'm just persevering to be my best self. Oh, I love that. I love how each time we have not had any repeats. We've literally not had any repeats. Like, how is that even possible? That's so cool. And each one is so good. Persevering. Two steps forward, one step back. Yes. Also, uh, nobody is also, fat. Fuck chafing. You have fat. I know. That's, that's like, best. honestly, one of those, like, one of those such a simple thing. You know, when you hear those things in your life and you're like, that is the most, like the living room analogy, Right. You're like, that is so simple. I could have thought of that myself. Cause when you think about your social media, you're like, this is my home. Get the fuck out of my home. You going to be rude. And like that, it's pretty simple. But when you hear somebody else say it, you're like, right. Makes sense. Cause it makes sense. Like 
you physically have fat on your body. Yeah. Right. And I, you also have fingernails. You are not fingernails. <laughs> you have hair, you have a butt, like everybody has one, you know? Yeah. So it's, that changed everything for me. Right. When I started realizing, and the other thing is, since we're talking about toxic diet culture, even I watched, I was watching the bachelor, the bachelorette yesterday and bless her. She's a great bachelorette, Katie, but she, she doesn't know any better. And she literally said, do I look fat in this? And the old AMQ would have never, ever, ever, ever picked up on that. Right. Like no sirens would have gone off. I would continue watching my show like la di da di da. And I like had to, cause I was watching the re like the rerun. So I had to like, I actually like paused it and was like, damn, like, I can't believe they aired that. Like, I can't believe a, a, you know, a panel of humans who are in Bachelor Nation, let that be aired. Like, you know? It's because that's like, that's nothing out of the norm for people who are not aware of what they're saying. I also, exactly. sorry I interrupted you, but just quickly on that point, like, okay. I also noticed so many things now. And my mom will yep. even say like, do I look okay in this? Do I look fat? And I'm like, who the fuck cares? Like you wear the outfit you want. And I do that sometimes in my head, you know? And then you realize like, well, I've really made a change in my mind as a person. And like what I would say three years ago versus what I say now, or what I notice now is so different and the wording you choose. So it's like, if you are not somebody in this world and you aren't aware of what you're doing or saying, then it's normal to ask someone, do I look fat in this? You know, like her, she, she didn't know. And the producers don't know. And oh. the hosts don't know. Like you think Caitlin and Taisha give a shit about, do I look fat? It's just a, just a comment. It's like to the it's true. millions of people watching The Bachelor, like it probably struck a note with somebody like you. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I always say this to mm -hmm. Becca, like it's a lot easier like sometimes I wish I could just fucking put myself into like a little mole hole, you know, and like not, not hear the diet culture around me, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and it's hard to push through it. Like, you know, to, to recognize it, hear it and then be like, Oh, okay. Like, and each time you decide how you want to approach it, or if it's, if you want to make a mountain out of a molehill in that particular situation. Right. And I do, I have to choose my battles for yeah. sure, but it's so interesting. Like we, I'm hyper aware. I'll like message back and I'll be like, I would have never noticed this. Like even a year ago, like before we started the podcast, there's so many things that we've learned from guests like you that we have added into our day-to-day -day practice and just noticing things around us. So it's just so it, it just flabbergasting to me that like I, all these things happen around us and we don't even know that we're conditioned in that way yeah. because it's a simple, like never miss a Monday. Do I look fat in this? Like just those simple phrases. Oh my God. Never miss that. a Monday. What a classic fitness phrase that I fucking hate. The only workout you'll, I missed yeah, this the Monday. only workout you'll ever <laughs> regret is the one you didn't do. Yeah. Fuck you. Okay. Fuck you. You. Yeah. What if my it's body like, needs to rest? Nobody ever felt bad after work. And I'm like, yeah, bro. When I broke my back, I did. <laughs> or when I was working out to punish my body, I still cried afterwards and it was not yeah. for a good release. Also, I did, I did miss this Monday and yeah. I still feel great about my week. Yeah. So far. yeah, there you go. Holiday Monday. Who cares? Oh my God. Oh That's my God. the worst. Oh my God. <sighs> Okay. So tell us, I, I really like your answer about persevering too. That was really good. Tell us about your ideal rack day. So where would you be? Who would you be with? 
what would you be doing? Like set the scene. You already know where I would be. I would be in New York city. It's my like favorite place in the whole world. People are always like, that's your favorite place. What about like Italy? And I'm like, no, okay. Italy is like incredible, but (laughs) New York is like a place that I could live and breathe and raise a family anyways. So I would be in New York, preferably in the West village. If you needed like specific geo points, just loves New York. Just loves it. (laughs) She loves it. Okay. So I would start my day off with, um, an iced latte and then I would go to a fitness studio because I love a good workout class. And then I would go for brunch and go shopping and, oh, probably like finesse a little Instagram collab with something, you know, like Ashley, Ashley Graham, a little photo shoot with Ashley Graham and right. Essential. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, go for a really good dinner, uh, like a good sushi restaurant. That's my favorite thing ever. That sounds like a great day. What a like metropolis, metropolis day. Like a little like sex in the city vibe. Yes. Like I want to be, I don't want to be Carrie Bradshaw. I don't know who I want to be, no. but one of the four girls, I'll yourself. Yeah. 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 You're rack in New I'll York. I'll be the fifth sex in the city, uh, queen. Yeah. That's just like my ideal day, a simple, but <laughs> fun filled jam packed day. Well, I don't know if I can get you Ashley Graham, but if you want to come visit, Let's we can it. make that day I'll happen. Be there in August. <laughs> so maybe we could run. Yeah. Through. Oh my gosh. So besides New York, uh, at the end of August, what else are you looking forward to in the next month, year, years, decades, millennials? <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, in the next little bit, I mean, since I just graduated as a holistic nutritionist, I definitely want to get a job in a clinic and see clients, um, maybe move to New York for like a year and a bit and then come back to Toronto and open a clinic. I want to make like a health hub, a multidisciplinary clinic with nutritionists and physiotherapists and chiropractors and all the good stuff. And just like a place for kids to come to not kids, adolescents or kids can come to, um, to just feel good about themselves. And I'll have therapists and eating disorder specialists and Like, I just want a place that I would have needed when I was like 15 to, to, yeah, I want to create that. And it would be super cool. I feel like that's for sure going to happen. Like you will make, make that happen and it's going to change so many lives for sure. So that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'll also have adults there. So you can (laughs) come. Yes. Can you call it Rack City, bitch? (laughs) Oh, maybe I will. Oh my God. Rack City Center. Because it's a little city in the city. There you go. There you go. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. Guys, trademark. You guys can rent a space and watch podcast. There you go. Studio. It'll be great. That's amazing. Oh, I love that. I can definitely see you doing that too. I can, de- but you're right. You have to go to New York first. Cause then if not, you'll get like itchy feet I need to you know, go to and New you'll York. like start your practice and you'll be like, mm, but what if this is in New York? Exactly. A lot of people have moved out of the city. So you, there's places to rent because so many people have moved out of the city in the last year. I so. know. Unfortunately, I'm a Canadian and I need a visa. So if anyone's looking to hire a Canadian, <laughs> I'm up for sponsor. <laughs> there you Perfect. Boo crew. Perfect. You heard it here first. <laughs> Yeah, you heard it here first. If you know anybody, I'll email my resume. It's amazing. I sound so desperate whenever I do that shit, but like, honestly, I'm really down to move to New York, so I'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, you will. Yes, you will. Maybe you can adopt me, Becca. Adopt? Yeah. Is that a shirt? (laughs) I can hire you to be his his Bruno's um, dog walker or something just for starts, just to get started. 
I would love that. Fantastic. I have a guest room waiting for you. Okay, well, Boo Crew, we will put everywhere that you can find Raquel at the bottom of our show notes. Is there anywhere specific that you want people to stalk you at besides your home? (laughs) Probably just Instagram at Raquel Bonita. Perfect. And not the TikTok keto nurse, whatever the hell you were following. (laughs) Keto TikTok. (laughs) I remember her name, but I feel bad. So I'm not going to say it. We won't. Yeah, we won't. We, we won't blast her. It's okay. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you know the J to the Anel. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I had to do Sli- that. If you do, just slide into Raquel's DMs. Follow, give her a follow. Show her some love. She um, definitely <laughs> keeps it a hundy yes. in the undie reel. And um, she will for sure bless your feed just like she has blessed ours. And as always, email us any feedback at hello, hello at I got you boo We would be happy to share with Raquel all of the things that you think and feel with three O's. Hello, hello with three O's. Yes. We always, I like, I always like to remember that because it's like such an important part of the name of the email because the way Becca says, hello, hello. And if you love our vibe, of course, rate, review, share, and subscribe. We will see you next week. I I got got you, boo. boo. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Yay. Yes.